What's going on? Welcome to episode 249 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. I was reading a book by Jack Carr called The Devil's Hand. At the end of the book, he started to tell a few stories, kind of talking about 9-11, how that all played out, and how he got some of his data to mix into his book, which is fictional. But it was uh, it was really interesting. He talked about something that happened in Utah that I was not aware. The Skull Valley sheep die-off in Utah. I was like, what? My family had property in Utah. Back in 1968, 6,000 sheep were grazing in Skull Valley, Utah, when all of a sudden they dropped dead. Herders and others had no idea what the heck was going on. They were trying to figure out, like, what happened. Was it cold? No. Was there insects that came through or fleas or ticks? No. They couldn't figure it out. Uh, They asked the military if something had happened because it was near a military base, and the military said no. So a senator started digging around. He got some information that the military tested uh, nerve gas three different times in March, and right after the test is when the sheep died. He ended up releasing the information, and the military finally admitted that they dropped three different nerve agents, three different nerve agents three different times and the wind shifted and ended up killing uh, a bunch of the animals. One of them, they did a release from uh, an aircraft. Like they sprayed it out like pesticide. And obviously they thought sheep were pests because they killed them all. Never heard of this situation before. Uh, I grew up in Utah, family owned property in Skull Valley. Never heard of it. It was fascinating. Kind of got me thinking though. What are the effects of military? And I was thinking military bases, military test sites, those type of things. I was wondering what the effects and have they studied the effects of wildlife in military areas. Uh, A lot of the research that I came across, though, talked about wildlife in conflict zones, um, particularly in uh, former USSR, as well as Russia, they talked about the different conflicts and what happens to wildlife and the laws that are set aside to help protect wildlife in these conflict areas obviously get set aside. They have more pressing matters to, can, to worry about. Conflicts are never good, not for wildlife, not for people. Uh, it doesn't matter which side you're on, whether you're winning or losing side, you are still losing people, which is horrible and wildlife is going to take a beating. The wildlife that are in these conflict zones are the ones providing food for either side. So they're both, during these conflicts, there's oftentimes difficult in getting resources and rations to the troops, and so people will go out hunting and provide meals for the troops on both sides. So you got the two different people involved in the conflict that are killing wildlife to feed their armies. But then you have the refugees who are fleeing the area. Obviously, they're not going to the store. Stores don't really matter in a conflict area. So they start to run out of food. What do they have to do? They start going after wildlife. And then you also have the locals who aren't going to move because that's their home. They're staying. They themselves can't go to the store because, again, the store is not there. It doesn't really matter. 
So they start killing wildlife as well. So you're going to see a lot of your bigger animals die off first as they're easier spotted, easier targeted, and then they're going to get smaller and smaller as they pull more wildlife out of these areas. The effects are huge and they are long lasting. It doesn't just go away. Oftentimes after uh, the areas that have been in conflict, after the conflict has stopped, it will take years, if ever, uh, to bring that wildlife population back to what it was. It doesn't matter what it was, whether we're talking something big or something small in wildlife, ungulates or whatnot, it just takes a long time for these things to come back because they've been hunted so heavily. Not just by both sides, but by locals as well as refugees. So I started, because uh, I kind of knew that, you know, you kind of start to figure out some of these things can't be good for them. Here's an interesting one. I heard about it a little while ago, uh, a few years ago, but I don't remember where. Uh, the Kirov wolf attacks. There was a bunch of man-eating wolf attacks on humans between 1944 and 54. Uh, 22 children were killed as well as teenagers ranging from 3 to 17. And the wolves basically, if I understand correctly, the wolves had started feeding on the carcasses of the dead soldiers and they had developed a taste for humans. And then the hunters who were hunting the wolves before the conflict started got pulled away. So the wolves became more and more bold. And over the next 10 years, they did everything in their power to reduce and wipe out the man-eating wolves. But over 22 people were killed by wolves. Um, and it started during World War II and then continued 10 years after it ended. And they noticed that it was during these seasons when the wolves had cubs. And so it was only when they had cubs that they were finding these attacks. Obviously, it was difficult for wolves to get enough food, and they had no problem targeting children. Okay, now what happens when you move to a military base or an area where they are testing different military, um, when they're doing their different tests, whether it's an air base or munitions or whatever. Habitat disturbance, obviously. They are cutting these areas up into smaller sections, and they are using each section to its fullest for whatever purpose it is within that military base. And so you have a lot of destruction going on because most of the base is being used constantly. Noise pollution is another one. Not only do you have loud explosives, but you have gunfire, you have uh, aircraft, as well as the large equipment that's constantly being moved around. Then you have people training, uh, physically training, and they're constantly yelling, keeping everybody in step. And so there's just huge amounts of noise pollution. Chemical contamination is one I never thought of until we started talking about the nerve gas and the sheep. But you have that, you have explosives, munitions, and all those different things. What happens is that gets into the soil and in water contamination, and it starts to affect those populations. Uh, small mammals will have a hard time with the problems uh, with chemicals in the soil as well as the water. If the small mammals start to die off and the large mammals start to eat them, that's going to cause a problem. 
there was multiple times where I would go in and pick up owls or hawks that had eaten mice or rats and that rats and mice had eaten rat poison and they die. And so the bird uh, comes in and ingests that and they die as well. The similar thing that you will find in these bases. Uh, obviously there's risks from being living in a base, whether you are living in an area where they are practicing their, uh, their firearms practice, or are they dropping explosives, practicing throwing grenades? I don't know what they do on these bases, but obviously there's risks. They've got to test their tanks somewhere. They've got to test their bombs from their airplanes somewhere. All of these are going to pose a risk. Bases are also highly fenced areas. Uh, they don't want people coming in, and whatever's in there, when they fence it, stays in there until it dies. And so they restrict the overall movement. And it's difficult for wildlife to move around unless they could fly. There's a whole lot that's going on. Uh, some of the research that I've looked into are when they are testing bombs out in the areas that they test bombs, if there are birds located nearby the blast zone, but far enough not to get hit by the blast, the sonic boom can still crack the eggs or still affect the embryo. Obviously, if they're within the blast zone, they're gone for sure. But even outside that blast zone, that sonic boom can still affect eggs. Uh, areas that are testing, air, where they do aircraft testing, uh, the sonic boom from the planes breaking that barrier can then also, if it's loud enough and close enough, can crack eggs and cause problems there. And it just disturbs the overall whole ecosystem. Also, uh, military bases, while they are testing their or shooting their ammunition, there's areas that are constantly being lit on fire from their tracers or their flares and all the different things that they're trying there. And so you have wildfires or man-made fires that are happening constantly on these areas. And so none of that bodes well for the habitat. Overall, it's just a difficult place for wildlife to be. Military conflicts, it's difficult for humans, but it's also difficult for wildlife. That is what I got today, all because of nerve gas kills 6,000 sheep in 1968. You guys have a great day. Stay wild.